Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your sweet presence. Jesus, come and breathe in this place today. Come and fill every heart. Those who are longing, those who have desires, those who feel lost and broken. As was said earlier, those with addictions. Lord, come and touch lives today. You said you came to set the captives free. We welcome you, Jesus, to come. To come and touch us. Amen. Exodus chapter 17. If you're with me, I'm reading from the NIV this morning. I just want to say before I start today that God has really put this word on my heart this week. And if anything, I was in a battle this week as to what to preach. And, um, you know, in the flesh I wanted to preach one thing, but the Lord kept telling me to preach something else. And uh, very often I just feel that I know what I'm going to preach. But I felt the Lord saying, I want you to speak on this. And I think it's very apt with what has been in the songs this morning that I've no uh, steering on what I've preached, but actually confirmed what God wanted to say. And uh, how many of you know when you fight with God on something, he always wins. And so I really believe he wants to speak to you today. And for that reason, I really want to encourage you more than any week, but every week we should do this, is to be hungry and to receive the word of God today. And be ready, because God is going to move in this service today. And we're going to open up at the end of this service just for God just to begin to move. We're going to continue from where we've just left off in worship. Amen. Because I really believe something is about to break in this place. Amen. Exodus chapter 17, it says this, The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock And water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord. Saying, is the Lord among us or not? This story is, if you read in the book of Exodus and you read Uh, The story of the children of Israel traveling through the desert. You'll see in this story that many times they grumble and spend times grumbling against Moses, their leader, because they don't see the provision in the time that they want to see it. They don't see the fulfillment of the things that they want in the time that they want to see it. And this particular part of Scripture in Exodus 17 We read this story of where the children of Israel arrive in a place called Rephidim. Now Rephidim, if you look at the meaning of that word, it means to be a a, a fertile space, an open space, and a place where they believe that provision of water would be. And you can imagine what happened as they arrive with Moses at this place, that they expect to be fertile ground, they expect that there is going to be something of provision, something to give them nourishment and to keep journeying with God, but they find that there's nothing in 
Rephidim. It says this in Exodus 17.1 that they traveled from place to place as the Lord commanded. I want to say that there are people here today in this room that you have traveled with God. You have done things for God. You have served God for many years. You followed his commands. You followed him from place to place. You've gone in all the directions that you felt the Holy Spirit has led you. But sometimes in your life, you find yourself arriving in places like Rephidim. You find yourself arriving in a place that seems barren, that there is no water, that there is no life. You've served God wholeheartedly. You've given him everything. You've, you've been on the rotors. You've, you've served on team. You've done everything you want to do. But you arrive in Rephidim. You arrive in this place. You followed God. But now you feel thirsty. Can I just say today that Jesus does not want you to be thirsty. When he died for you on the cross. He, he, he died for you so that he could provide for you an endless drink. We've sung about it this morning. Don't you understand the Spirit of God wants to speak right into your heart this morning where you are. To tell you that there is not a place in your life today that needs to be a rephidim. There needs to be a place in your life where you receive the life of God. Hallelujah. The title of this message today is Staying Alive. Staying Alive. Boy, I can, I can do church. I can serve God. I can fulfill rotors. I can sing. I can do all the things you want me to do. But listen, you can do all those things and be dead. You can do all those things. And you still don't feel alive. You can follow God from place to place. You can go on missions. You can go where he's telling you to go. But you can be dead inside. Jesus. There are people here today you served God. And now you're wondering why. Why? Do I feel like this? You know, they grumbled at at Moses. They said, we want water. In fact, do you know what they said? They didn't just say, Moses, can we have some water? We're a bit thirsty. It says that they wanted to kill Moses. I hope you're not going to kill anyone today. But sometimes in your life, you can be a Christian, you can be serving God, you can be coming to church, you can be doing all the duties and sometimes you feel angry inside. You feel angry inside because you've not got the fulfillment from God, you're running off the fuel of your service. You're running off the fuel of what you're doing rather than what you know. And Jesus says today, I don't want you to run on the fuel of service. I want you to run on the fuel of my spirit. I want you to know my spirit. I want you to know what it is to drink from my wells. We can serve religiously, but religion will dry you up. Do you know what? I want a season of breakthrough in this place where we we don't focus on religion. We focus on Jesus. We focus on relationship. I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of wondering whether we've just spent 40 minutes worshipping. And we've got the notices in. I want Jesus to move in this house. I don't know about you, but I do. I want his river to flow through this place. Because that is what church is. Jesus. Often God leads you to a place of thirst in your life. So that he can become first in your life. 
He brings you to places of thirst so that he can become first. You see, when he brings them to Rephidim, you know, did you know this? That God led them there. You'd say, well, well, why did he do that? God leads you to places in your life when you think that you're serving him, you're doing all the right things, you get thirsty, he leads you there so that you realize what's important. He takes you to your rephidim so that you discover what's more important. Do you know there's something about this story, even though they grumbled? What I see is this, that God deep down in his mercy and his love, he's thinking, yes, I want you to get the picture that actually it's all about me and my provision. It's all about looking to me. Unfortunately, they looked at Moses. When God was the provider. I want you to just turn in John chapter 7. With me just to look at something that's so important for us to see. John chapter 7 verse 37. Here we're about to read in John 7 37. Jesus is, he's in Jerusalem. And at this moment you can read these scriptures, pass over them very quickly. But I want you to picture the scene right now. Jesus is right in the middle of a a, a Jewish festival called the Feast of Tabernacles, okay? He's right there in the heart of this feast where people in Jerusalem are celebrating. They're celebrating the provision of God in the wilderness. And so in these, uh, one of the seven Jewish feasts, this one we, we home right in on now. And you're right there and you're looking at this scene as, as what's happening is people are celebrating for, for God doing what we've just read. That he, he provided the water in the desert and, and he provides the provision of the, of, of, of the quail and, and the manna. And, and right now they're there and they're celebrating that God did this. Here we are in verse 37, it says this, On the last day, and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, he didn't just whisper in the corner to a cell in his life group, with a loud voice. If you're wondering why I'm shouting today, it's because he shouted. With a loud voice, he said, let anyone... Who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit, whom those he believed in him were later to receive. I don't know whether you see this scene, but I don't just see Jesus in a corner talking to someone, saying, if you're thirsty, do you know I can help you out? No, right in the middle of one of the biggest celebrations, one of the great feasts. In fact, there were seven and three of them are classed as great. This is one of the great ones. And so this great feast, he says, on the last day, the greatest day, when everyone's buzzing, they've had an amazing week celebrating God. And then Jesus stands up. Have you ever had those moments when someone gate crashes a party? Have you ever had those moments when someone does a, what's called a photobomb these days? They, you, you've got everything right. When we're on holiday, the kids do this to us. We try to get everyone ready in the picture. We think we've got a good selfie. Until one of our kids jumps in the background and does something silly. And he photobombs our, our perfect family photo. Jesus, right here in John 7, 37, I'll tell you what he does. He photobombs, he gate crashes one of the greatest celebrations to say, guys, I'm the one who provides the water. I'm the one. I'm the one. Come to me. Do you know that what was happening in this 
this Feast of Tabernacles, I'll tell you what was happening when he was saying this. The last and greatest day. It says this, if you look in, in historical records, it tells you about these festivals. And what's happening is that the priest has left the, 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 he's, he's left the, uh, the temple and he goes down to the pool of Siloam. He goes down to the pool with a golden vessel to collect the water from the pool. And then he walks back up with this water back to the temple where they'll pour the water into the altar. And so people are celebrating as he goes and collects this water from the pool of Siloam and brings it back to the temple. And people, you can imagine them cheering, saying, we remember the provision of God. And Jesus, right in the middle of this this scene, if you wanted a good photo of, of the priest taking the golden vessel up to the temple, and he's got this vessel, and they're celebrating and cheering and, 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 and blowing their horns, and Jesus stands and says, Come to me. Come to me. Can I just say today, there are people here, you've religiously got it right. You're grabbing your golden vessels. You're doing everything that you think God wants you to do. You're walking to and fro from the temple. You're celebrating God. But actually, you don't know the life of God. You don't know the Holy Ghost in your life. Jesus wants me to tell you today. He's got a message for you today to hear. That he wants to fill you with his spirit. He wants to fill you so you're overflowing. He wants you to be the vessel. Hallelujah. Jesus wants to photobomb our lives today. He wants to gate crash your religiosity. He wants to break in today. So that he can become the first in your life. Amen. I want a few points today I've got. But number one is this. We receive the Holy Spirit By asking. By asking. By asking. It says this, they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Listen to me. You don't get if you don't ask. You don't get if you don't ask. God wants you today, the Father in heaven wants you to ask for Him to touch you and fill you. You might say, well, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking in tongues. Well, praise God. Keep doing it. But for those today who feel dry, you're serving God and inside you're dry and you need God to do something with you. I want to just cry out to you today and I want to speak right into your heart and tell you that Jesus does not want you to be dry. He doesn't want you to keep carrying like the priest that golden vessel up to the temple every Sunday. He wants you to receive life. And abundantly too. You see, they asked the right question in the wrong place. They were in Rephidim. God did not want to give the water at Rephidim. He wanted to give it in Horeb at Sinai, at the foot of Sinai. And so they were asking, saying, Moses, we want water. We want you to give us this, this, this water. But they were asking the right questions It wasn't that God didn't want to give them water, but they were asking the right questions in the wrong places. Let me just say to you today, sometimes in your life, you can be thirsty for the wrong things in the wrong places. Sometimes you can be in your rephidims, you're saying, I'm going to these things, and, and God's saying, I don't want you to drink there, because I've got something else for you. There's a place I want to take you deeper in me. And I don't want you to spend time trying to drink at your Rephidim when you can come to me at Horeb. Some of us, we're asking in the wrong places the right question. I'm thirsty. I need, I need satisfaction. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look on the internet at these things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do these things. I'm going to put my focus on these things just to give me pleasure. 
No one will know I'm going to go out drinking tonight and no one's going to know if I go to that club and I, I just enjoy myself and, and I just find someone who loves me and who, who, who feels something for me to feel worth. I'm just going to go there, God, because you love me and you want me to have these things. And God's saying today, you're asking in the wrong places. He wants you to come to him and ask him to give you his water. Hallelujah. In 1998, seems such a long time ago, I was at university. It was my second year here. Well, actually it was 97, I think. I came to university and when I came here, some of you may have heard I I used to be involved in doing drugs and things like that. And one of the things that I did, I came here to try and get a clean start and focus on my degree and do all those kind of things. And I found it hard at first when I, I began my journey in university. And I got in with the wrong crowd. And I started to hang around with the crowd and one of the things I was into is music. I loved rave music. I loved house music. I loved all that kind of things, being in the nightclubs. And just early on into my journey here, I remember the guys saying, come on, we're going to go down to, to Milton Keynes. We're going to go to a rave one night. And that rave was called God's Kitchen. God's Kitchen. I went there that night taking drugs as I went into a room. To dance. I don't know if I could dance the same these days. Emma would disagree. And I'm not going to show you. I do a good moonwalk. And I went to this place. And that night I took drugs into my system. And I danced the night away. I thought I was anyway. In a place called God's Kitchen. I'll tell you it was very far from God's Kitchen. In fact it was the other God's Kitchen. Do you know years later, I left that place that night, I had one of the worst nights ever. The end of that night, I, was, I felt dissatisfied with myself. I felt angry and thirsty because I hadn't got anything. Even my friends who I was with, I thought they were my friends and I don't see any of them today. I risked my life taking things into my system that someone gave to me because I trusted them. I'd take anything. In a nightclub, I would grab it and take it. Drink alcohol with it to wash it down. And I didn't care who gave it to me. Because I got to a place in my life where that's all I wanted to do. But yet I felt thirsty. Yet I felt lost. Yet I felt broken. Do you know years later, that was in 97, 98... Years later, in 2002, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the journey began. And through my life, I began to find Jesus. I began to find the source of life. And years later, I end up going back to Milton Keynes to a church for a conference. I'll never forget arriving at this conference in Milton Keynes. And as I drove down the road to this conference... The building that I'd spent my night in years before was opposite the church. As I looked, I remembered that night. And I remembered what happened and the brokenness and the the darkness that I felt. And I remembered that God had been good to me. You see, where I thought I was finding quench for my thirst. Jesus, all along that night as I danced in a room, knew that one day at the other side of the road that I would be there worshipping him. He knew. Let me tell you today, he knows what he wants to do with you. He's saying, I don't want you to be on the other side of the road in your Rephidim. I want you to jump over to this side because I've got more for you. I want you to go deeper. I want you to find me. I want you to spend time with me so you can drink from me. Hallelujah. I'm not too heavy for you this morning, am I? Jesus. The woman at the well 
was also asking in the wrong places in John chapter 4. She came with a jar. We talked about it recently. She came with a jar. She was asking the wrong places. Jesus says, you had five, you've had five husbands. Even the one you're with now is not your husband. In other words, you are going to try and find the answer. You find, you're trying to find the quench for your thirst in the wrong places. You're asking all the right questions. But you're in the wrong place. And what do we see? She leaves her jar behind and she runs to the town to say, I found someone. I found someone who knows me. Come and find him. Come and find him. He says that the town came up to find Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. In John 4.10, Jesus said to her this, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If you only knew, child, if you only knew that I'm the one who can give you living water, I'm the one who can satisfy your desires, you don't have to look in men for this. You can find it in me. You can find that in me. I want to tell you today that there is power in the ask. He says, if you'd have known, you'd have asked. If you'd have known, you'd have asked. If you'd have known, you'd have asked. If you would only know this morning, you would ask him. When was the last time you said to God, I asked you to come and fill me and give me a fresh encounter. I want you to touch me. I'm asking you, Jesus, I want this water that you're shouting in that day about. I want it. When was the last time you asked? There's power in the ask. James 4, 3 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. You don't have anything because you don't ask. Let me first say today, for you right now in your spirit, when we open up at the end of this service and we pray, listen, it's not us that are powerful. It's Jesus who works through us. But listen, God will touch you today. And if you ask him now in your heart and say, God, I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of this dryness. I'm tired of my rephidim. I'm tired of this place. I'm tired of doing church. I just want you. If you ask... It's the first thing you need to do. There's power in the ask. In Luke 11, verse 11 to 13, Jesus says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God wants to fully immerse you in his presence today. He wants to saturate you in his presence today. He wants to touch you today. Now you can sit there and say, I'm going to have a hardened heart. I don't want to receive this. In Psalm 95, the psalmist says this, don't have hardened hearts like they did in the wilderness. Don't have hardened hearts. Ask him. And he'll give it to you. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Listen. When you get the river flowing inside of you, when there is a river begins to flow inside of your heart, when there is a river that begins to flow that Jesus wants to do today, listen to me, you will begin to do things like you've never dreamed. You will begin to go to places in the world that you've never thought of. You will begin to go to nations where you never dreamed of. You will be a river of life. You will receive power. Do you want to rejoice this morning? You receive power. Not you'll just be satisfied for a little bit. You'll receive power. 
Listen, coming to church is not about just doing religion. It's not about having a coffee, singing a few songs, and coming upstairs and listening to me preach. It's about you being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's about you being commissioned, sent into the world, doing the things of God even in the city of Cambridge. Because when you're full of life, people want to drink from you. They want to come near you. They want this because they're looking in the wrong places. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus. We've got to ask. We've got to ask. I want to just say to you right now in your spirit, before I move on, ask. Say, Lord, I ask you today. I ask you today. Just as they said, in that desert, in my dryness, give me your water to drink. Give me your water. Give me your water. Secondly, today we receive the Holy Spirit and His water by believing, not just asking. When you ask, you've got to believe. When you ask, you've got to believe that Jesus will fill you and immerse you in his presence. Some people I've met, they come forward sometimes and actually I don't, I wonder whether they believe. Oh, I I want an encounter with God, but actually they don't really probably believe that God wants to touch them. You ask and you believe. You believe, why not? Because I'm saying it. But because God says, because Jesus in John chapter 7 broke a whole religious party up to tell people that there's something more than this. There's something more than where you're at. We receive the Holy Spirit by believing. The Lord said to Moses, in verse 5 it says, go out in front of the people. Now you imagine Moses arrives and he goes to God to ask him and says, God, they are trying to kill me. These people are trying to stone me. What do I do? And you'd imagine that Moses, if I'd have been Moses and I'd prayed, I'd I'd have been thinking to myself, I hope that God begins to just rain water down now. I hope he does something just miraculous now. I hope he does something that stops them trying to kill me now. I hope he does what I want him to do. God responds and says this. Go out in front of those people who are trying to kill you. Go in front of them. Walk past them. Go ahead of them. And I'm going to show you a rock. And when you get to the rock, and by the way, this rock's about 60 kilometers away, so it's quite a distance. You know, he's got a long way to run while they've got the stones in their hand. And also he's got to tell them, listen, I've got a plan. God's told me he isn't going to do it here. He's going to do it 60 kilometers away. But you've got to follow me and trust me. You've got to believe that when you follow me, that actually God is going to bring you the provision. He's going to give you the promise of water that you've asked for. But why couldn't he do it in Rephidim? I'll tell you why. Because it takes faith. You've got to believe God. You've got to follow. You've got to follow God. You've got to believe God that when you take a step of faith and you say, God, I ask for this. I believe that even though it's not coming the way that I want it to come, it will come. Some of us say, oh, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't want to speak in tongues. Let me tell you, when people were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. Oh, I don't like tongues. I never asked myself whether I liked it or not. I just was filled with the Holy Ghost and opened my mouth and he filled me. I didn't say I don't want that because I don't like the sound of it. There's a lot of things in the world I don't like the sound of. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Listen, today if you're worried about saying I don't want tongues, I don't want that. Do you know, my, I'll tell you a story. My sister, she, for all the years that I grew up with her, she... She said, I don't like, I don't like tongues. I don't like the sound of it. And then one day God touched her and he opened up her mouth. And I'll never forget the time when he filled her with his spirit. And she opened up it like a river flowing out of her. I'm not scared of tongues in this house. Why? Because it's a sign that God is manifesting in his believers. 
Come on, we want more of it. Worship in spirit and truth. Worship with a new song, a new tongue. If you don't know what to sing in English, sing in the spirit. Listen, we've got to break out of a season that we're worried about what people think. If it offends people, then you need to find a church that you like that has nothing in it like that. But listen to me, you're going to be in the wrong place. Jesus, these are, these are not old-fashioned things that need a new modern packaging. These things are the life of God. They're designed by heaven for you and for me. Hallelujah. We receive it by believing it. He says, I want you to go ahead of them. They're going to try and stone you, yeah. And I know you've got to trust me, Moses, but I want you to go ahead and I want you to walk straight past them because when you tell them what you're going to do, they're going to have to believe you. And their belief is going to be the trigger. It's going to be the thing. It's going to be the thing that when you walk past them and you tell them this crazy idea that you're going to go to a rock 60 kilometers away, that when you tell them that, they have to believe to be able to drink. Because faith turns things into power. It turns things, action comes upon faith and then things happen. When the woman with the issue of blood presses through the crowd, it's because of her faith. Her action upon faith. She pushes through. Jesus turns and says, who touched me? Why does he know that? Because he recognizes faith in action. We've got to believe. We've got to believe God. He walks past them. You can imagine him saying, you can't do this to us. Another 60 kilometers. Trust me. I know it's crazy. But he says he wants to do it. He says he will give you water. But you have to believe. You have to believe. You've got to follow me. To believe required them to leave. To believe required them to leave. Listen to me. If you want to believe God, you've got to leave your Ephedim. You've got to leave that place where you've been camped. You've got to leave that place where you've been drinking or you've been taking drugs. You've become addicted to the wrong thing. You've been going to the wrong places. You've been having marital affairs. You've got to leave your Rephidim. You've got to leave that place because if you believe in God, he says, I want you to leave Rephidim. I want you to leave what's holding you. I want you to leave that tent. I want you to leave that place where you camped because sometimes times in life, you've got to leave places that you were only supposed to pass through. You've got to move on. Because God says, I want to take you to the rock. Don't you see the the, the sign in all this of, of what was to come? That they were to lead towards the rock. The psalmist in Psalm 95 says this, lead me to the rock of my salvation. Lead me to the rock of my salvation. Hallelujah. You've got to leave things behind. Some of us don't want to do that. No, I want to stay here. When I was a young lad, 1986, I went to a camping trip with my mum and dad to the south of France. We were on the beach one day. We were enjoying the sun. Young little boy sat there. And at the, all the way through the day, we see airplanes flying over with water to put out fires. There was a huge forest fires in the area of, the area of Cannes. And all around that area, and as a young lad, I was down there. And I'll never forget us driving back to our campsite that night. With At the end of this day on this beautiful beach, and as we drove back, we arrived at the campsite. And all around the campsite, fires were burning. Fires were burning on the hills, literally meters away from the land at the bottom where our tent was. And as a young boy, I must have been, I don't know, seven, eight. You're trying to work out my age now. Seven or eight. And I'm, I'm there with my dad and my dad's driving. And I said, Dad, what are we going to do? He says, we've got to get out of here. I said, what about the tent? As a young boy, I didn't understand. You can't just up and go and leave things. And before I know it, my dad's done a 360 degree turn. He's wheel spinning out of this place. We're following the people up into the mountains to get away from the fire. We had no idea what would happen with our belongings. Sometimes you've got to leave the things that you hold on dear to. Sometimes you've got to leave the camp. 
so that you can move on into safety. Because listen, whenever you stay in those places where you think that your thirst is being quenched, let me tell you, there is a fire raging around that area. And if you stay, you're going to get burnt. If you stay, you're going to get burnt. Get out. Move on. For them to believe, they had to leave their place. Jesus said this, if you want life, then you've got to leave yours behind. You've got to deny yourself and follow me. He says this, Luke 9, 23, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Hallelujah. I've put here to receive the fullness. What God has ahead of you requires you to leave the emptiness of what's behind you. Hallelujah. They get there, he strikes the rock. And water flows. Water flows. Water flows. Listen to me. Listen to me. This was not a trickle. This was not a little fountain that people were going up to and just grabbing a little bit at a time. It's not a place where they were just going and getting it a little bit and they were all queuing up. The psalmist says in Psalm 78 verse 15, he split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. When that, water, when that water flowed out of there, listen to me, it began to flow like a river and all of a sudden in a desert they have like a sea. It's there coming to them. Listen, when God breaks into your life, it's an endless river. It's not a trickle. It's not a drip. It's not just a little bit. It is an endless river. It's a source. It's a supply. Abundant as the seas. That's why it says, that's the psalmist who wrote that. That's why it says, Jesus is he's abundant life to us. Hallelujah. He strikes the rock. Water flows. I don't know if you see the significance in this. Now they've believed. Now they've listened to the instructions. Now they've followed. They're looking to the rock. They're looking to the rock. Now they believe. Now the water comes. But it says before the water came that the rock had to be struck. 2,000 years ago, people, Jesus Christ, the rock, the rock of your salvation, the reason why you can drink today, the reason why you can have this water today is because he was beaten. He was struck. Two thousand years ago, he was dragged with the Roman soldiers. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They did all manner of things to him. It says they slapped him in the face. They cut his back and they put a robe upon his back that would have stuck to his back. They beat him. They crucified him. They struck him. Why? So that you can have life. The rock of your salvation was struck so you can drink today. It was struck. Do you know what in John 19, later on when Jesus is on the cross, after he says everything's done, do you know what he says? I'm thirsty. Jesus on the cross says, I'm thirsty. As his arms were stretched out, he'd gone through some of the most gruesome beatings that the Bible tells us he was marred beyond human description. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was on the cross dying for you. His precious blood shed for you and for me that we've heard about today. And as he took that beating, right at the end, his response and his ending sigh is, I'm thirsty. I'll tell you why. Because in Gethsemane, Jesus asked a question to his father. He says, can this cup pass from me? You see, Jesus took the cup of wrath so you can drink the cup of life. He drank the cup of wrath and judgment. He took judgment upon him so you can drink life. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. When Jesus died on that cross, when he took the punishment for you and for me, listen, when he drank, he drank it undiluted at full strength. The Bible says that he bore the sins upon him. He carried the weight of sins upon him. He drank that cup of wrath so that you and me can drink today. And I come to my final point. If the team want to just come back, just play gently. We receive the Holy Spirit not just by asking and believing, but by drinking. I don't know about you, but I want to drink. I want to drink. I'm trying. I'm I'm thirsty. I want to drink. I want to drink. Jesus told me this week, he said, I want you to talk about the water of life. I want you to tell them because there are thirsty people who need my water. Listen, you don't just ask in your seat. You don't just believe what I'm telling you. To drink means you've got to get up and you've got to respond. You've got to position yourself. You've got to put your place in that fountain. I love going to Nando's. Do you? There's other, other nice places to go. But I like Nando's. And I love it when we go to Nando's. Why? I like chicken. I like hot sauce. My birthday's coming up soon. But when we go to Nando's, every time, she says, what would you like to drink? And I say, I'll have a Coke. And you know what she does? She doesn't get me a Coke. She gives me a glass. In fact, if there's a party of us, she gives me about ten glasses that I've got to carry back to the table. And so I get these glasses and I walk back to the table with empty glasses and everyone sat at the table and... They all want a drink because they've all asked for a Coke as well. And I bring 10 glasses. I'm trying to hold all these glasses walking across. There's no waiter service in Nando's. That's the only negative thing. And I walk back and I put these glasses on the table and I gave them to everyone. Or if you're really kind, you'll go and get them a drink for them. Depends how kind you are. But you get the glass. And then you've got to walk across the machine at the other side of the room. Because if you want the bottomless drinks that they offer, the endless supply... If you want that, you have to walk over to the other side of the room. You've got to wait in the queue, but you have to stand there. You have to put the glass. You have to press the button. And you have to receive the water, the drink. Jesus says today, listen, you can either sit in your seat with an empty glass. You can sit in your position with an empty glass that you have that's already been paid for. You see, when I walk over with those glasses and I give them on the table, and I walk over and I give them, everyone's holding a glass that's empty, but actually everyone's already got a paid drink. In the Revelation, it says that the drink that we've got, you don't have to pay for it because it's already been paid for. Jesus Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago, he was struck. He was beaten so that today you can walk with your empty glass and you can position it. And I'll tell you what your empty glass is. It's you. You see, the woman at the well in John chapter 4, when she gets to the well, she says, I'm leaving my water jar here, I'm going back, and and I'm just filled, and I'm just touched, I'm just, the, the power of God, you know everything about me, I'm telling people about this, I'm leaving my water jar there, I'm running back to tell people. I'll tell you what happened, she left her vessel of collection. Why? Because she became the vessel. She said to Jesus, you don't, have a, you don't have anything to collect this water from that you're talking about. You're talking about living water. Where's your vessel? I've got a vessel with me. Eventually, she leaves the vessel because she becomes the vessel. 
Today, if you want to drink, if you want to drink, you've got to position yourself. You've got to press the button and believe. You've got to say, when I step forward today and I come forward and that people lay hands upon me and pray, the Holy Spirit is going to touch me because I've asked and I believe the Word of God because the Word of God is true. And as I receive today, I receive the life. I receive the water. Hallelujah. We receive by drinking. I'm just going to say this and then I'm going to get us ready to just pray and minister. You're saying, well, I don't know if I want tongues. I don't know if I want to speak in tongues and all that. Listen to me. Some of you are speaking in tongues already. You need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost today. You need Jesus to touch you. And it's not my water. It's his. It's his. We're just a conduit for him to flow through. Some of you need a fresh touch from God. In Acts chapter 10... I love this story of Cornelius. He's the Italian centurion from the Italian regiment. And if you read the story in Acts chapter 10, a wonderful story of where Peter is on a roof in Joppa. And he's he's praying on this roof. He gets a vision and he sees that he's got to to take the gospel to the Gentiles. But meanwhile, you've got another another person and that's this centurion who, who, who is also praying. The Bible says that he was a devout God-fearing man. In other words, if you're devout, you're good at service. And if you're a God-fearing person, you're a holy person because you know what holiness is. So you can, you can, you can have service and holiness, but Jesus says today, I want to give you more. You see, so he's, he's all these things and he's praying and then an angel comes to this centurion and says, you've got to go and get Peter from Joppa, get him to come because I love the fact that you're God-fearing. I love the fact that you, are, you like to serve me, do all these things, but actually there is more. You need the Holy Ghost. So he sends his, his team, they bring Peter back, and this is what it says. When Peter goes into that house, he walks into that place, and he begins to speak to them about Jesus. Verse 44, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, that's the Jews who had come with Peter, were astonished. That the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. And that's you today. For they heard them, verse 46, don't miss 46 off. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Let me tell you, when people are filled with the Holy Ghost, they speak in tongues and they make noise. When a manifestation of the Holy Ghost comes, you've got to expect people to praise. Because in Acts, the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost, 120 people were hungry and thirsty people, ready for Jesus to touch them with His Spirit and be poured out. It says that people thought they were drunk. <laughs> you know, if you want to get drunk, you've got to drink a lot of alcohol. If you want to get drunk, you've got to drink. You've got to drink a lot. And Jesus says today, come to me, those who are thirsty, come to me. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.